oh, it's frustrating to be silo media like that. And then this is like a website for women, and this is a website for black people, and this is a website for Latino audience. And it's like, to me, if you want to be progressive, and you want it, to me, the future of media is going to be eradicating those barriers and saying this is a website for everybody and we're going to cover topics that are interesting to everybody and we're going to eliminate like there won't be gay websites and there won't be black websites and there won't be female websites it'll be just a website that has news for, for a broad audience and we're going to start paying attention to those voices that for so long have been, uh, been kept out of the conversation. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? It's Uncle Earl on the radio, radio, radio. Do I sound excited? Well, I really am because I've got a wonderful show for you today. I'm very excited. Uncle Earl is turning into a tech head, you guys. The Digital Hollywood Summit did something to me that I will never, ever forget. I have coming today social activism and the future of news and media it was an incredible panel discussion hollywood for social change and on the panel was bren mooser co-founder of riot sink yugar co-founder and host of the young turks shavala madlina investigative journalist 
Ryan Gall, co-founder of Global Citizens Festival, The Riot House, and The Hope Campaign, and Mr. Cord Jefferson, West Coast editor of Gawker. Incredible panel discussion. Uncle Earl had to jump in there. You'll you'll hear from me in there. And also, I had the privilege of meeting the power couple of the season, Mr. Craig Ross Jr. and his wife, Karen Ward Ross, actress. You may know uh, Craig from NCIS and Blue Hill Avenue, and Karen is on the game. He's mine, not yours, and many, many other things. They both were panelists in discussions. Craig was in a panel discussion for packaging, funding, and pitching from reality TV and specials to web series and indie filmmaking. And Karen gave her expertise on the women, the personal brand, understanding lifestyle, authenticity, purpose, and resolve. So that's just a smidgen of what's coming to you. And I've got some positive messages in all. So just hang around and you will be in the know. You ready for the journey? All right. Come on. Let's go.
Media is celebrating Halloween this fall by offering to create a new website for your business for only $250. Pick out a design at www.lamedia.biz and place your order online or call 818-659-5829. This is Kevin Wright and Jennifer Lopez. If you're listening and you want to get your torso made out of stone and cast in bronze, you can contact Uncle Earl on his Facebook. So it's interesting because I get this question often about, well, you know, are you sure that you guys are journalists? First of all, I'm not sure what journalists And I'm not sure what that is anymore. Um, but... They, some people get really wigged out that we're crossing lines, that if you're in the reporting business at all in any way, shape, or form, that you need to be super neutral. But I think that's an enormous weakness for them because it, it rings a vagueness. This, I mean, so when Wolf Blister covers the news for 20 years, is he really so profoundly stupid as to never had an opinion on any of it? And, and if he never had an opinion on it, would you trust him? Like, my God, you haven't thought about the stuff that you're the expert on for 20 years? You haven't put any thought behind it? So if that's the case, Jackie, that's the last guy in the world I want to watch, right? Uh, Or you're purposely not telling us what your take is, what your analysis is. Forget your opinion on whether you're pro-jokes or pro-life, but what's your analysis of it? doesn't have any analysis. Well, then that's pretty useless. Um, but they don't view it that way. They view it as like, oh, we got this robot and he's totally neutral, so you should really trust him. And I think that they've got it totally backwards. And I think when American people watch uh, television, they sense these are the fake guys. These are the guys I don't believe at all. I don't trust them. They're either hiding their true opinions and they're, what they actually think of the news, or they don't have any, and that's even worse. So... You know, we are aggressive disruptors in that we, we go in and we say, look, we have a perspective, we don't hide it, and we actually give it a name. So, yeah, we're going to be activists, and, and we think that our system, for example, and we've got a hundred different problems, but I think the most important problem is that our democracy has been lost to uh, lobbyists and the special interests, and money in politics has absolutely swamped us. I mean, does anyone in America really believe they could run for Congress? I mean, if you make, okay, if you're rich, of course you do. Of course you can run for Congress. If you know a lot of rich people, of course you can run for Congress. But if you make under $100,000 a year, do you really think you could be a U.S. congressman? It's not conceivable. And so what the hell kind of democracy do we have? We don't have a democracy. You want to call me an activist because I point out the truth? Okay, have at it, boss. But you're only damaging yourself and giving us actually more credibility. So yeah, I'm actually proud that I give a damn and we actually try to help the country and not just sit back and report the news in a neutral role. Okay, so devil's advocate, is there no place in the future for straight, dispassionate news? No, no, I, I really think there is. It, 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 everybody has a different role, right? And so we absolutely need the Associated Press yeah. uh, to tell us what's happening on the ground. But there's a giant difference between neutral and objective. And I think that the entire mainstream media, unfortunately, has forgotten that. As soon as you asked that question, as soon as Jenk started answering it, I thought immediately of the wire services. I think the wires do uh, a job that is uh, absolutely necessary and, and, and 
my own Mac guy and throughout the world. But um, I personally, in my career, would never want to say that I'm an unbiased source or, or that I, I want to do straight journalism that has uh, no opinion in it. That's not, um, that's not a job that I would ever enjoy. I think that we are seeing, um, I think we're seeing people go against that. I think we're seeing, I think that's why CNN is such a failure to many people. I think that's why CNN is seeing its readings dwindle every day more and more because people um, aren't excited about that anymore. I don't think people look to that. I think that people want to have a bit more better things. I think people look to the Young Turks. I think that people on the other side of the aisle look to Fox News. Uh, even though I disagree with a lot of what Fox News does, I think that they are uh, at least digging in their heels and, and, and putting forth an opinion. Uh, I think a lot of people disagree with their opinion in particular, but that's what they're doing. They're giving people what they want.
Hey everybody, this is Zaya giving a quick shout out to Uncle Earl on the Underground Experience. I, I worked at MSNBC for a while, and the, the first of all, to say yes when I saw the, the anchors back in the day on TV. Well, yeah, of course, that looked fun. I want to do that, and I and so at MSNBC I got to play that for a while, and um, turns out it's not that much fun, you know. I don't know if it's my personality or it's a combination of things that we've talked about here that they, they have you in too much. My wife believes that I can't work for anyone. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it's me. But uh, but yeah, there's rules, you know? And I remember um, President Obama spoke in the 6 o'clock hour I was hosting. And, um, and it was during the Egyptian Revolution. And he came out and he gave a speech about... Um, how we really support Mubarak and we really support the protesters. <laughs> I'm not sure how that's possible. Uh, it was a classic Obama speech. I'm like, baby, anyway, baby? Yeah, let's flip. Go ahead. Uh, and so I said, coming out of the speech, uh, all right, uh, we just heard the president speak on uh, Egypt, and in a moment I'm going to keep it real with you. As to what he actually said. First, let me go to General XYZ, who was on the set. And in the meanwhile, there's a producer in my ear saying, Don't do it, don't do it, don't keep it real. <laughs> and so I just didn't even understand the concept. But to them, they were like, Wow, what a rash, crazy guy. The you know, president speaks here to criticize him? Of course! We're supposed to challenge them! We're supposed to be the watchdog! We had the same thing happen also to that point. Um, since we're only a year old, but um, we've had a lot of success with, with traffic and a very young demographic that we have. So um, when I was in New York last time, we got called into a couple of these traditional um, media uh, places to have meetings. One was at CBS and ABC, and we went to CNN as well. And, and they wanted to bring us in to, to talk to me about, you know, maybe I could come on and thank or come on to help or whatever. But they also wanted to talk about how we engage these young audiences. They saw our numbers and they were impressed by it. So it was a great honor. But we met with CBS, and um, there, there was a woman who had been a producer forever at CBS Evening News, and she said, "She said, how do you how do you get to to be able to put these stories that you show, like if it's a good story or a hopeful story, how do you get to run them on the front of your site?" She said, "What do you how do you do that?" And then I said, well, I don't know if we just do it, because I'm the boss, I can do anything I want, I can put any story I want, and if people like that, I can do it. And I said, if you, you shouldn't ask me why you can't do it, you know, you should ask the guys upstairs why they won't let you in. And that was a moment that I was really excited, because I thought, oh, I don't have anybody telling me that I can't put anything on the front of our website. Um, so I like that, you know. Experience that. Celebrate summer in the USA at Loteria Grill. Come in and enjoy their refreshing margaritas and delicious appetizers with their new happy hour specials. Every day from 3 to 6.30 p.m., chamber members receive 10% off their regular menu. Call to reserve 323-465-2500 or visit www.loteriagrill.com. For me, when I realized that, like, what, what, like, my, like, what the hell am I doing while I was out? I was in D.C. doing political reporting, and I won't name the network, but a network came to me and asked me. This was right at the origins of the Tea Party, um, and I've been speaking to like Tea Party people from around the country, you know. And there was kind of this like disbanded. Um, so it was still this like 
unheard of disbanded network that was, that was operating. And I, I talked to some Tea Party people that thought I disagreed with them. I didn't think they were crazy and like like idiots, you know, uh, the way that the way that a lot of people thought of them. And so one time this network reached out to me and said, "Hey, uh, we were going to do a segment, and we'd like we were wondering if you could come on and talk about how the Tea Party's racist." And so before before you do any segment, the uh, producer calls you and, and and sort of asks you some some initial questions. And so the, the producer called me, she's like, uh, so, so how racist do you think the Tea Party is? And I said, like, you know, the Tea Party isn't really a, a unified network. It isn't really like, a, like, the, like the GOP. The Tea Party, as it, as it stands right now, is just kind of this loose affiliation of people calling themselves the Tea Party around the country. So I don't really feel comfortable saying that the Tea Party is racist, because I've talked to some Tea Party members who I don't think are racist, who have some interesting ideas who I think have thought about this a lot. And then I think there are, like, yahoos standing out with like Obama's a monkey posters who, who are obviously racist, but I won't, I won't say that the Tea Party, um, as it stands, is, is racist. And and she goes, okay, um, we're looking for somebody to say that it's racist. So we, we won't have you on this time, but, but thanks so much, we, we may just reach out to you again. This is what they want. Like, you just want a black guy on your show to like scream at a white guy on your show and say that the Tea Party is racist. Like that's that's what you're looking for. You're looking for this kind of idiocy that has no nuance to it. That there's no complexity to the discussion. You just want a black guy going, "You're a racist," and the white guy's going, "No, I'm not." And then you cut to commercial after like ten minutes. <laughs> and, and I remember thinking, like, this is so stupid. Like these people are so stupid, and, and the way that DC journalism works is so stupid that there's there's not real room for like actual intelligent discussion because all they want is like a circus show. What has been true in my career is that I have a. I don't think you should ever dumb yourself down. Uh, I think that people always think the audience is more stupid than it actually is, and I think that a lot of traditional media tries to um, tries to dumb everything down because they think that people are stupid. Um, I think that you should never ever go by that uh, thinking. You should always. Uh, write whatever you want to write or, or create whatever you want to create and understand that people are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. Um, the second thing is I think you should create what you what you aren't seeing in the world. Um, part of the reason I write about race so much is because I don't think there's enough good writing about race uh, in America. And that's sad to see. And so I decided that um, that's going to be something I'm going to try to do and write about race in, in ways that I that I've wanted to read about it. Um, and and that, that isn't there. So I think it, to, to get some places is look at look at what doesn't exist and then fill that void with, with what you think you can offer. Um, and then I think the third thing is if, it, if I, I guess it's to that point is, is if it doesn't exist, create it. And I think that that's something that everybody here has done. I think that, that everybody sort of looked at looked at what our options were and looked at uh, what what traditional media was offering us and kind of rejected that and thought uh, in some ways that this you're doing this wrong and, and I can do it better than you and so I'm going to create something. Um, I think that nowadays, especially in media, if there's so many opportunities to fill voids that exist and there are many, many voids that exist. Uh, so I, I think that um, if, you look at, if, you look at, if you're looking at media and you see a lack uh, existing, then, then why don't you be the one who fills that fills that? Thing? This feeling makes me wonder you
Uncle Earl, and you're listening to the Underground Experience. Zip it bop bop bow. Hi, I'm an independent media person myself, and first of all, I want to say thank you guys for being here because it gives me a little hope because I felt alone 
and now I see there are other people who are doing what I want to do and have the same mentality. But I just want to know, have you been on panel discussions, because this is a perfect moral panel right here. Have you been on panel discussions with people who are opponents or other than your way of thinking? To I mean, I'm saying, I'm saying, have you, have you ever, I mean, have you ever sat down and really had a talk with some of the heads of people, like, like yourselves, I mean, that are doing the news and really try to bring it together? Have you ever? I had a similar conversation just before we started hmm. this, and the answer to that is, I try, you lead by example, you do it so well that people want to copy you, but ultimately, you just have to get your head down and get the stuff done, and you can only by people's opinions so much. Ultimately, if you are successful in producing a documentary, breaking a story that everybody wants to be involved in, I remember my one of my very early years in the job in the Guardian, and we just broke everybody's. That was when the Guardian really people started paying attention because they went off script. New York Times took all the stuff about the hikers in the van. No one really gave a group about that. That's when things. That's when things happen. Like if you lead by example and go off script, then People will pay attention. Otherwise, don't waste your time because you're too busy wearing like seven different hats and you know dealing with all that. that that's my problem. Yeah, I've been on a lot of panels and a lot of people who totally disagree with me. And uh, I remember I had an interview where this woman for like an hour was like, "How could you? <laughs> how could you, you know, uh, think that you're allowed to say what people should do and how you can fix the government? That's not your role." And you know, for people who just, and it's very understandable if you grew up in that system, if you're told your whole life that you eat with a fork and knife, if somebody that eats with their hands, you're like, whoa, what planet did you come from? <laughs> and so, uh, so I get a lot of that when I talk to more traditional media folks. Like, and I tell them that we're from the new planet, and uh, <laughs> their time here is limited. <laughs> I actually, we get a lot of we get a lot of the characters too on, on panels who say, how can you take a side on, on how people should get involved, but. I'm more uh, often encouraged by people from traditional media who say, I think it's really cool that you're able to tell people how they can get involved in the story, and I wish that we could do that. And that's what I hear more times than I hear the detractors, and that's really exciting for me. But you know, a lot of them can't do it because they've been in these you know, roles for a very long time, and they're, getting, they're well paid, and they have a good platform. But um, no, I think a lot of them want to be able to do what we're doing. Exhale, Mind Body Spa Hollywood wants you to fall in suit and salute your hero in life with a flow massage and receive $35 off. Or put your best face forward with their anti-aging and element-busting Brighten Facial at $50 off. To book your therapies today, call 323-491-1376 or visit exhalespa.com Hollywood.
Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? This is Uncle Earl, your host, Captain and DJ. Ultimate underground experience, that is. I'm here with two very special individuals. They are a team. They are full of power, and they are a power team in life and in business. It is Mr. Craig Ross, Jr. and his wife, Ms. Karen Ward Ross. How y'all doing? doing you are great, Uncle David. How has this been, first of all, just being at this summit? It's been amazing. Yeah? Yeah, it's very yeah. Cool. There's a lot of energy here, uh, a lot of information being transmitted, um, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's been great just to feel people's excitement about mm-hmm. what's happening and what's to come technologically, creatively, so it's, it's been a great experience. Yeah, how about you, Craig? Yeah, no, a lot of, a lot of people are being very receptive to us and what we're doing, <laughs> and that's great. I mean, you know, we're, we're at a digital summit. Right. We're shooting, we're pushing the boundaries of digital technology, mm-hmm. so a lot of people are feeling that here, and mm-hmm. that's, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know you, I wanna, you have a special project, but I want to just let the people know a little bit more about you mm-hmm. bef- before we do that. Um, Karen, we were speaking a moment ago, and you, I found out something, I didn't know you were a dancer. Yes, yes, <laughs> um, in my previous life, I was a dancer. <laughs> 
Uh, Alvin Ailey, yeah, we have that in college. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Dancing at yeah. their uh, esteemed school, which was uh, difficult to get into, and it was difficult once I got there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I love New York. Uh, I love the arts, mm-hmm. and I, I grew up out the womb, coming out the womb dancing. So. All right. And Craig, you are a well-known director. I am a director. Yes. Who is well-known. Is well-known. <laughs> 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 about town, a little bit here and there. Yeah. Yes, yes, uh, NCIS. Sure. Blue Hill Avenue. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, when you were younger, did you ever imagine that you'd be a director? Or did you, were you as a kid, did you try to organize the kids in the block to <laughs> put I on a production? I was be yeah. an actor. Yeah. And then when I got to NYU uh, acting school, I realized I wanted more control over okay. the things that I was doing. Okay. And so I asked my guidance counselor at the time, you know, who has the control when you're making movies? <laughs> he said, that's the director. Said, okay, well, that's what I'm going to be. <laughs> no, honey, tell me the truth. You were in an acting class, and he, the acting teacher told him to act like bacon. And that was the... Are you serious? The straw. Actually, it was, like, it, was, it was great, but okay. Oh, okay, great. But he had to act like a grape. Great. Yeah. He had to sizzle like bacon. <laughs> nice. So, you know, I didn't know how to do that. So wow. I was like... All I kept thinking was, my father's paying for this. Yeah. <laughs> He would be like, what? Wow. So I was like, I got to get out of here. All right. (laughs) Oh, my eyes won't close Cause you smile With the beauty of a rose And the moon stops to hear It's smooth jazz artist Funky Boy and KLED Live FM from Los Angeles. Anybody in your family's in the industry? No. My mother's an artist, a fine artist. Yeah. That's about as close as I come. Okay. How about you? No. No? My, my mother is an attorney, a retired attorney. My father was an oncologist, hematologist, and my brothers are professors and my sister. Okay. And 
I have a sister who's also a very talented singer, okay. writer, and actress, but she and I are the only ones, kind of creative black sheeps. All right. And um, now this brings me to, well, I mean, I have to say that you, you're, everyone knows you from television. I mean, the game. They know you a lot. Uh, TV One. Mm-hmm. You, you're in TV One a lot. BET. Mm-hmm. I mean, give us a little rundown. You know, not what we know now, but things that we may not know. Um, it's funny because I was at lunch with James Thomas Sr., who's our, our publicist for Letter Agency, and mm-hmm. he was talking about a film that I had done that I'm very proud of. It's actually a short called Breaking News, and he was joking that it took him about a week to recover from that film. It's a very dramatic. Oh, really? Very graphic film, so okay. if anybody checks it out online on YouTube, just be forewarned, it is quite graphic. But okay. it's a very potent role, and it's a very, um, it, it, it's, it's timely in terms of, I think, mental illness and so forth, so I'm, I'm very proud of it. Right. Um, that's something that a lot of people don't know that I've done, but uh, it's not on the big TV screen right. or a movie, but it's, 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 it's important work. Okay, and that brings me to why we're here. Yes. Something that's not on the big TV screen. Mm-hmm. You have an amazing project that you've done on an iPhone 5S full feature film. Exactly. You crazy? <laughs> Didn't people tell you that? Yes. Yes, they still are. They still talk. <laughs> I mean, how did you? What was the beginning of this journey the to decide to do use that? Did you decide to use that, or it just happened? Or no, we did, I decided to use it. It's a conscious choice. Mm-hmm. Um, the beginning was when the 3 came out, the iPhone 3 came out, mm-hmm. and I saw that camera, and I was like, oh, this camera's interesting, mm-hmm. and I started doing some, re- you know, tests and research with it, and realized that the camera wasn't quite there, it was still very much a consumer camera, mm-hmm. but it was, you know, I'd like to see more, mm-hmm. Then the 4 came out, and it was better, mm-hmm. still not quite there, yeah. but closer, and then the 4S came out, and the 4S... Um, was was just about there mm-hmm. in terms of in terms of its pixel resolution, mm-hmm. and so I decided that I wanted to try to shoot something with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Karen and I would have been talking about doing a project and thinking that you know we really wanted to do something that really just you know, showcased what, you know whatever what we could do and that. We both were feeling like we weren't being showcased enough mm-hmm. with what we could actually do. Mm-hmm. Right. So we decided to create a project, and in that, right. um, I decided that I wanted to shoot the iPhone uh, 5 when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it took us a while to get this together, and as we were about to start shooting, <laughs> then they 5S came out. Came out. <laughs> and so we yeah. were like, so I was like, wow, I, I mean, it actually came out on September 20th, and we started shooting on October 4th. Wow. So I feel like we should be like the first filmmakers yeah. to shoot a feature film at least on the five. Yeah, the yeah. And I watched the teaser, and it truly is a teaser because I do want to see more. Oh, cool. you know, I definitely want to oh, see good. more. And I was like, what? You know, I mean, you did a great job in the tra- in the teaser. Thank you. How was that journey for you? Um, Since you, you you know you used to work in the studio with big cameras and big production budgets and all that, how was it to just really scale it down and get to the nitty gritty, so to speak? You know, the, the the temperature changes when it's your baby, and for all intents and purposes, this is literally our baby. So to create a project with my husband, uh, 
with something that we're very passionate about and doing it in a way that hasn't been done is the most exciting thing. So um, I don't even see it in terms of a big studio or not. It's just that he and I are creatively flowing and we're flowing together and I think we're creating something pretty powerful and magical. So it's, every step of it has been great. Everybody's been so receptive to it. Um, being here at this conference, being here with you, it's just, it's just been a truly amazing journey that we never even knew was possible. Wow. Now is it I, I only saw you in the teaser. Mm -hmm. Is there a cast? No, it's just me. Okay, it's all oh, about you. But well the the teaser really was just a test. Yes. So um, he and I literally, you know, hopped in our car, mm -hmm. ran over to the train station mm -hmm. and shot it. <laughs> yeah. So We uh, didn't uh, at the time we didn't have a script. No. We didn't okay. have, we didn't know what we were gonna do. Wow. We just knew I knew a feeling of what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. uh, with the camera and with the project. And so we shot that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what the teaser came out to be. But it's funny because all the all the scenarios in the teaser are actually in, in the, the movie. movie. Oh yeah. wow. So it's a serendipity like. Yeah. yeah. So it, it actually worked out for Cool, me. cool.
being that you've done this, what advice could you give to some young people who may want to do what you're doing and they don't think it's possible? Absolutely, especially now. Yeah, absolutely. Especially now. It's now is the best time ever to be an independent filmmaker, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. The they say that you know twenty five thousand is the new two hundred fifty thousand. Okay. So it's the digital explosion has happened and it's made things so cost effective. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's come down considerably even in the last two to three years. Mm -hmm. So now. I mean, if you have a, a device that you carry around every single day mm -hmm. that is that powerful, that will give you a competitive image to shoot a feature film, then it, it's time to get your Indian. Okay. <laughs> it's time to get your Indian. <laughs> so are you, are you thinking of... Do you teach? It's funny. Um, it's been approached. I've, it's, I've been approached to teach. I've, I've been approved uh, on a college campus to teach. Mm -hmm. I just haven't yet. Okay. But it's something I definitely want to do. Hmm. How about you? Do you coach acting or teaching? Uh, I have in the past. Yeah. And Craig and I have been talking about it's something I'm thinking about revisiting. I just mm -hmm. love it because I think uh, you don't really teach. The students teach you. It's like a cycle where everybody's right. expanding and evolving. And um, I just like to say sharp. So, yeah, it's something mm -hmm. I definitely would revisit. Now, how about this? How Would you ever do a flip-flop where you direct and you're the actor? Yes. She's been talking about directing. Actually. I have. I mean, she's not been talking about me as an actor, but she definitely has been talking about directing. Yeah. So, I would Lost definitely team? support her as a... Should I go there? <laughs> you, you need to relax. You need to relax. That's an inside joke of what okay. I was in his acting days, acting like a great... Um, but no, I, yes, I I see that for myself. Mm. You know, being a dancer and a choreographer, mm -hmm. um, I'm a very visual person and I align things. And so I like to apply that to the cinematic aesthetic mm. as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, is there anything you'd like to leave the listeners with that I may not have covered? Yeah, we'd love for them to... Uh, we've been blogging about our experience on the theaffairmoviblog.com. Um, and people can also check out the teaser and other goodies that we have on our website, which is theaffair-themovie.com. Again, that's theaffair-themovie.com. We're always on Twitter and Facebook. We love engaging. She's always on Twitter. Always. <laughs> um, Me, I'm not so much. No, no not so much. But, um, yeah, no, we have some really exciting stuff coming up. Excuse me, we love to just be in touch with everyone. Okay, yeah, and I'd love to give another shout-out to James Thomas Absolutely. from the Red Letter Agency for introducing us. us. Yeah, yep. hooking us up. It's a good thing. So, y'all, here we are with Karen Ward-Ross and Craig Ross Jr. here at the poolside. And there'll be much more coming your way in a bit. See ya. Ciao. <laughs> Come. Explore your spirit. Therein lies your freedom. Hello Actors, Mariska Phillips brings her unique brand of acting coaching to Hollywood. You get 210% commitment, scene breakdown and analysis, character development and exploration. She digs deep into your spirit to bring your characters to life. The Mariska Phillips Theatrical Preparatory. For more information, visit www.marishkasphillips.com. Woo, woo, woo. How you doing there? This is Uncle Earl laying it down, bringing it to you, throwing it out. Whew. Wow. This was incredible for me. And um, 
like I said, there is so much more technology coming. I've got loads of information. Please come back. The series continues. For more information and to stay in the know, please join our website. Go to www.ultimateunderground.com. That's www.ultimateunderground.com. Join the family. Get involved. Also, you can find me on Twitter, the Uncle Earl at the Uncle Earl on Twitter, and uh, you can find me on Facebook, Lacey Phillips. Also, the Ultimate Underground Experience Radio Show page on Facebook. If you really want to, you can find me. Everybody knows where Uncle Earl is. <laughs> so until the next time, I want you to love each other, love yourselves, and love our environment. We only have one. Take care. See you later. Ciao. Is it me?